If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Hot! Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio at War Chant TV. A glorious Redemption Thursday to you and yours. Let it soak in. Let it wash over you. We're back. Redemption Thursday, football and all that jazz. I'm Jeff. That's Tom, Director Matthew in the house. You're you and you're here. We appreciate you very much. On Twitter, it's at J Cameron Show. You're watching on the chat. Hello. Hey, how are you? Hope you're doing well. If you're listening, driving about, I hope you did okay, that you managed okay during the storm. Everybody all right? Everybody good? Doing okay? We're all sitting here. We must be, right? That's good. And for those that aren't, I'm sorry, and I, I certainly hope uh, for a, uh, a speedy return to norm. Um, as uh, I know some people's houses, especially in the surrounding areas, were affected uh, you're in my thoughts. Uh, it is Redemption Thursday. We have football tonight, Tom. Tonight we get to sit down and watch some legit games, some things that will will help you uh, make decisions moving forward. Uh, you know, this is one of those fun nights where right off the bat, you know, obviously the biggest game is Florida and Utah. Uh, but you do get a chance to kind of have some fun with Nebraska and Minnesota, and you'll get a chance to see NC State. You get a chance to see UCF. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I like tonight's slate a little bit more, probably, again, because it's the first of the year. And I find myself eager to tune into these games. Now I'll have to do so racing over right after my son's football game tonight. As he has a high school game that was originally canceled, but not canceled. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So a little reedy Yeah, so we're going to play that game. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, let's see. Looking at tonight's slate, I would agree with you. I think this is maybe where you were going. Kind of sneaky stronger in some ways than Saturday. 
Saturday's a little weak. There's a couple of good games, but it's not like the first Saturday of college football season is replete with a ton of headliners. That it is isn't. correct. That is correct. I mean, yeah, if you want to get into some of that, you you have to find like traditional matchups that kind of serve as pseudo rivalries uh, in a weird way, kind of like a, a Penn State, West Virginia. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by Clemson and Duke because of what Duke was last year, and we're going to want to watch what Clemson is. Yeah, it's it. Their reaches, right? Their games like that. What's Louisville and Georgia Tech? Two ACC foes facing each other. Let's see what they are. What is Georgia Tech in the second year with Key? We know what Brom is. How's he do with Louisville? What's that offense look like? Um, you know, games like that. There are potential upsets. Fresno State could upset Purdue. Games, but you're really looking at it more from a gambling angle. Wait, wait, wait a minute. If Fresno State has a chance to upset upset Purdue. Yeah. Yes, they do. Okay. Yeah, noted. they do. They do. Going to the notepad, duly, writing it down. Duly noted. Yeah, they they do. Uh, I guess what you're going to wonder, we do have W's and L's today. Man, it's packed. It is packed. And I have my Redemption Thursday picks the first of the year. I will tell you, given how difficult it is in week one, because again, we think we know, but we really don't know. This is about gathering information. You know, you've, you've, you've done your research, you, you recognize players that have left programs and gone on to the pros or used up their eligibility. But the transfer portal always adds another element to the preparation process here where you're like, oh, now, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. He's playing where? Oh, he's – I gosh, that's his third team. I, I didn't realize he was there. Oh, they did replenish their defensive line. They got so-and-so and so-and-so. Okay, gotcha. So it, it adds a layer of preparation. Week one bets are tough. You can take – I mean, you could take advantage of Vegas in week one, but you can also be taken advantage of in week one. If you overvalue some of the things that you believe to be true about a program and their direction without having seen a game based on some of what you saw last year, yeah, turnover is one way to judge it. Returning talent is another way to judge it. Coaches are another way to judge it, where it's being played, weather, a lot of factors. But week one is still, I always think, the toughest. You can... Hit a home run and make a lot of money in week one. You can think that Vegas is undervaluing any number of teams and jump on those teams, or you can play some hunches. Like if you think there's noise in the system at Clemson and that they're continuing to slide and that this will be a convoluted mess of a game, then you like Elko's defense and you say, okay, I'll take that. I'll take the 12 and a half. I, I like Duke to hang in there, but you, normally you wouldn't bet that game. I think by definition – Vegas is telling you there has to be noise in the Clemson system if the number is 12 and a half. There's I, just distrust, I think, right now. Yeah, and I understand that that is with an understanding that Duke has gotten a lot better and that Mike Elko is taking it to a decent place. Mm-hmm. 12 and a half is still light, even with those considerations to me. Something's up. Who would you bet on? I didn't bet it. Clemson, without hesitation at 12 and a half. Yeah, I took, I, I mean, I, I'm not betting the game, but I, yes, if in a pool, I'm taking Clemson. That's correct. A lot of people seem to really love Duke's quarterback, and I, I don't know, man. Really? I like the defense more than I like their quarterback if I'm going to pick Duke, which I'm not. Yeah, I didn't touch the game. There there are some there are a lot of things about both teams. I'm like, oh, we'll see. But how's Matt Rule doing his first game at Nebraska? How much better are they against Minnesota? Really good game tonight. That's a, that's a game I do want to watch to see what they are there. They're getting seven. 
You would think if they're buttoned up, I think down the line you're going you're gonna to see some opportunities uh, with them. All right, let's do this, though. I do have the games. I did uh, make a pick. I did go through all of it, and, um, you know, I'm having fun with it. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it again this year, and we'll see if we can't get off to a better start. I got off to a staggered poor start last year. And then the year before, I was really good. I think it was the year before I was really good. And then last year, I struggled. I don't really recall the specifics of the sequence last year, but I know it was feast and famine in the first two weeks. I just don't know what order it It came. was really weird. I remember I had like a, a two and eight week and a nine and one week. And I was like, well, what do we do? We're just all over the damn map here. So it was frustrating. Uh, but I've sent off my picks. We don't get too wrapped up in week one. You good to go over there? I just saw the thumbs up. I didn't know. We're going to post them up. You ready for me to rapid fire this thing? It won't be rapid fire. Hello, Metro Deli. I just wanted you to get your love. I want to be sure we did the right thing. I don't see why we wouldn't give them love. I don't see why not. There they are. For those of you watching at home, let's recall how this works. It's for charity. You keep your record against me and back and forth, and we go on and on, and we do the right thing and donate our winnings and our losses and all that good stuff to charity. Right off the bat, I took the Canes. How about that? There you go, Tom. I'll lay the six and a half against First Miami. pick of the year. That's mm. gross. I, sir, <laughs> put it fifth in the list. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't jot it down in any particular order. It was as I... Leading off for Jeff Cameron's Redemption Thursday picks. I Miami. Took, I took the Canes minus 16 and a half against Miami of Ohio. Shortstop. I, uh, I like them to cover. I'm a little worried about health. I'll lay the 16 and a half. Here you go, Tom. Time to hit the siren. I got Hawaii plus three against Stanford. I'm going to continue to ride the rainbows, baby. They came through for me in week one. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go, Hawaii. Big step forward. Big step forward in year two for Coach Chang. I think they're going to continue to get better and better. I'll, I like Hawaii. A little Timmy Chang action. I like Timmy Chang, and I like the plus three. I like Stanford to get beat. I took them on the money line in my side pool. In high school, one of my nicknames was Timmy Chang. Oh, yeah? Because I went by Tommy Lang. I was Tommy. Ah. So I was like, Timmy Chang, because he was good at the time. <laughs> TCU minus 20 and a half against Colorado, and so it begins for Deion Sanders. I can and feel it all the way down in my plums. I laid the 20 and a half there. TCU lost a ton of personnel. If they actually cover this number big, it's a ugly omen for uh, Colorado the rest of the way. I mean, TCU lost a ton. And yet here I am. I'm still perplexed and frustrated about what's happened with this Utah-Florida game. Have you seen how much this has moved back and forth with all the problems? I Cam just know Ryzen about the, not playing? No, I've not seen the movement on the line. I know it was six and a half or it thereabouts got, at one point. It had gotten all the way up to seven, at which point I think I had to take Florida. And then it came down to four. And I'm probably leaning towards Utah at that Ooh, point. It's setting just, up some goalposts? Yeah, I, I mean, oh, I think it's a great game. I think it's going to be a very good football game. A little night one goalpost double bet action. Let's, Let's see if we can go. land this. Let's go. I know. I, I have. I wrestled with it, but I didn't put it on our Redemption Thursday 34-28 Utah. Jeff Cameron double wins. Mm, I'd like that, buddy. I would like that a lot. Uh, I took FSU on the money line against LSU. Just Woo! straight up money line. Let's go, Knowles. Let's Woo! go, Knowles. Tom, we're going to be able to talk in-depthly about uh, Florida State LSU. I know you just did a third and lang piece. Uh, opportunity to dive into Jaden Daniels' numbers, the good, the bad, the ugly. There's plenty of all of that. 
Plenty it's a piece. All, it's all That's over right. the map there with Jaden Daniels, as we know. Uh, Colorado State plus 11 against Washington State. I think I'm going to fade Washington State all year long. Really, if you're any of these programs that remain. <laughs> I can feel it all the way down in my plums. If you're any of these programs lacking stability and or money and find yourself in the depths of hell to the point where your athletic director says to the public, we're in a bad place. Well, I'm going to bet against you guys. I'm going to bet against you when you are publicly declaring that you're poor and nowhere to go. Not good. Can't be good for morale, Tom. Can't be good for morale. Give me Colorado State a little bit more stability plus 11. I don't have to win. I got 11 points here? Yeah, I'll do that. If I knew that they were honoring former head coach Steve Adazio before the game, I would be with you. Mm, all 100%. the way. You'd go money line then. Oh, yeah. Coastal Carolina will score a ton of points. Their coach moved on to Liberty. Everybody thinks they're going to struggle. They'll score, score, and score some more. They'll give up a lot of points, too. But I'm going to win this game because of the hook, 14 and a half. I'll take plus 14 and a half. No siren because UCLA is the opponent. I, I think this is a straight-up play. No siren necessary. Good okay. job. I like that. Here you go, Tom. San Jose State plus 16 and a half against Oregon State. <laughs> I can feel it all the way down in my plums. I love that we have added it. Look at this. We've got a Russ Cole. Yes. I know who I am. I know who I am. <laughs> that is the perfect video for the pick I just made. How about some Lone Star? That's so good. And on Thursdays, I drink, and you don't get to interrupt that. <laughs> Thursdays are my day off. I start drinking around noon. I know and who you don't I get am. Inter- you don't get to interrupt that. One of the great, I'm paraphrasing that line, but it's something like that. It's one of the great lines ever. <laughs> and on Thursdays, I drink. I start about noon. You don't get to interrupt that. <laughs> the cadence of that sounds so much like our drink special guy from Baton Rouge. Oh, that's my guy. Perfect week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I laid the points with Texas. They're going to be eager to make a statement out the gates. I'll drop the 35, poor Rice. I got North Texas. All I know is rice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've got North Texas plus six and a half versus Cal. Think they can win the game outright. I can feel it all the way down. <laughs> oh, man. I figured you'd like that one. I almost I skipped it for half a second. Just oh, because, I was alert. Uh, yeah, I yeah. said you skipped North Texas. Mm-hmm. I took North Texas plus six and a half against Cal. Once again, Cal falls in that category of doesn't have a home. Not a lot of money, signaling for help on top of the roof at Cal. A little help over here. Homeless in Berkeley. Doesn't do well. Not going to be good. Uh, and then finally, I took Washington and laid the 14 against Boise State. Didn't love it. Didn't love it. But I will lay the 14 uh, against Boise State there. I'm betting against Boise State's quarterback who I don't like. So give me Washington minus 14. Where it's, not, are, it's not him. Where are the other 10? I was promised 20. There aren't 20. There aren't enough games, and I don't. And I had to work to find the uh, the last few. I had to look to find the last few, but there we are. And uh, <laughs> Tom and Jeff, can you kindly tell me what all of these Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale slash Kermit Jiffs mean, please? Well, Kurt, the Christian Bale Kermit Jiff is just the two of them staring at each other, nodding their head. Um, as you would if you were a bit perplexed by something. or By, you know, perhaps picking San Jose State out of nowhere and being informed right. on it, a San Jose it, State pick. It represents 
the pick in this case just nodding. Oh, okay, and okay. Then- Yep. And then McConaughey speaks for itself. I know who I am. Yeah, I mean, I'm a degenerate, so if I'm picking some of these games, that's perfect. I know who I am. The other one is him staring at the betting card, looking at the line, taking a hard drag. A heater. Yeah. That's that's a, a that's true one, heater. Well, that's also one of my very favorite ever. I mean, you can use that over and over and over again. Um, that's, that's one of my favorite moments, just the – Staring at that card, like or or staring at my card. That's people reacting to my card. I think he didn't make it through the offseason. He'll be back though for hour number two. Oh, you got to have him around at all times. He's an all timer. That could be for anything. That could just be like when somebody has something to say that's out. You know, it's a little bit odd. You're like, ooh, okay. <laughs> I, was, I think that's also hey. my, sorry my expression when. Uh, I believe it was Florida went more than 90 yards multiple times oh, in the fourth quarter against yeah, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> it would be <laughs> the fourth and four of the game after watching a quarter of the worst backdoor <laughs> cover you've seen in your life as the ball's in the your air. Your reaction. That's my expression. Yeah. <laughs> really? This he's he's going to catch that. <laughs> yeah, the staring, like, our, really? Oh, really? There it is. <laughs> it's not as good as the still though. Yeah, you got to get the, the still. The, the still's the one where his eyes get big. Yeah, it's all time good. Uh, I did have to take. By the way, it was kind of cool. And this one pool that I'm in, you can do. You know, you pick three underdog underdogs that you think will win outright. For me, it was it was Hawaii and Fresno State, and then of course Florida State. Yep, good call. Yeah, man. I mean, money line all day on Florida State. I'm certain you did it as well, right? Uh, weeks ago, yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe the time that that I decided that this was a good pivot was when Mike Norvell went on the record and said that scrimmage two, nobody was hurt. Okay, they're not having a third one after the you know. second scrimmage. We kept waiting for update, and it was still one of my favorite moments. Just him saying, "I thought it went well. No major injury. Oh, well, yeah. you can stop right no there. No major injuries. You right. stop right there." Because it's about Florida State, really. I, I don't think this game on Sunday is about what LSU can do. It's about playing controlled and living up to the sum of their parts, being more than the sum of their parts. Man, if you just did an inventory on what these guys are individually, it's so much better than it was even last year. So much better for Florida State. So just go take care of business. Because if you do, you're a more complete football team than LSU is. As we sit here this close to the season kicking off for Florida State and what we what we like and what we don't like about this team and this program and where we're at, there is so much more to like. And yet, when I say that, I'm certainly aware that you could play well and they could play well and you could lose a close football game. LSU has a lot of parts that really play, that are very good. It's a very talented team. You have a quarterback that's hard to get on the ground. They're saying the same thing about ours. I like ours as a passer much more than theirs, obviously. There are aspects of this game. For example, if you're just sitting here talking about segment for segment, well, our linebackers don't compare to their linebackers. Their linebackers are worlds better than our linebackers. Most teams are. And that's frustrating to me. But that's just one aspect, right? And then I would turn around and say, well, I like this group over that group, whatever it might be. I mean, I, at this point – it's a pretty big loss for them not to have Mason Smith. I mean, I, that there's a guy that you figured would play in this game. He projects down the line by most NFL scouts as a guy that gets drafted high. 
to not have him is a big deal for them. And even if he was banged up, you know, you still get, and he's coming back to full speed, you know, 25 reps from that kid changes everything about the way you rotate the rest of your players, how fresh they are when you can spell the guys that are maybe, you know, playing more. But if he takes up the middle portion of the game, then you give him a big time breather. It just, it strengthens everything about what you do. And when he is on the field for those snaps, maybe we pay more attention in the way we block it up. Yeah, it even if he was limited, because I hear that from the LSU side a lot, is that he would have been limited anyway, even if he was. Well, if I they mean, had gotten 15 to 17 good snaps out right, of him, think it's, about it's, he's a difference maker. Jared yeah. versus against Wake Forest last year. Different position, but still defensive line. He was on a pitch count. He played mostly in the second half. Did that mm-hmm. change things? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Big time. Yeah, and I listen, there's no doubt Harold Perkins is a superstar. And we basically, yeah, grand total of 16 plays, I think, last year against Florida State. Um, he went on to become a superstar. He was fun to watch last year. He's a really dynamic player. You have to account for him. You know, it's funny. It was interesting listening to Brian Kelly talk about a game record like Jared Verse. Well, you know, conversely, Mike Norvell talked about that with Harold Perkins Jr. Both teams have studs at key spots. And how those that are forced to to take the majority of the snaps against those players, uh, those two players, how they play and how the coaches decide to combat those guys plays a huge role in this game. Uh, you know, you had talked a lot about forcing or hoping that Harold Perkins ends up having to cover Jaheim Bell uh, and and neutralizing him in that way. Yeah, if, if he is playing more traditional linebacker and not rushing off the edge, yes, that's uh, that's ideal. We'll see how he is at pursuing the run. You know, say Florida State wants to establish Trey Benson as one of the top principles of the game. Like, I, It's going to be a part of it, but if it's really like the priority is that they want to establish Trey and then they can set up the pass in, in even more advantageous situations than they're already going to, I want to see how Perkins pursues that from sideline to sideline. The way that we scheme up the running game, you have to be very smart as a linebacker to be in the right positions because we will throw eye candy at you. And just because he's a freak of an athlete near the line of scrimmage doesn't mean he's going to necessarily be able to diagnose those things as he drops back and he plays linebacker more in the middle of the field. Personally, to me, I'm glad they have him back there. If he was around the line of scrimmage, that causes more headaches. Yeah, and I think they're going to use him in a, in a multi. They'll move him around, but way. Uh, I yeah. just keep. I mean, for this game, just I would keep him there exclusively. I think he he's more valuable there. But hey, look, I enjoy that they drop him back a little bit. I think that if you one of the interesting things about Florida State when we do the thing because I can do this with a lot of teams on our schedule. Like when we start talking about projecting to. A college football playoff? Are you are you are you that good, or are you a step below that? Where are you? And we go through the the roster. I can pick other rosters, obviously, that I think have a greater depth of talent in various spots. But there's no getting around Florida State, which does has ten to twelve players that project to the NFL. So that's a that's a bevy of players that are projected to play pro football. But I would tell you too that they also have a lot of really good college football players. So. You're not saying to FSU, hey, you got to go win the SEC. We're saying you got to go beat LSU. <laughs> yeah, which obviously you did a year ago, and we'll see if you can do it this year. But you, one game, one night on this day, do you have good enough players to do that? Well, they have a lot of really good college football players, and they have plenty that project to the league as well. I think if you were to look at it this way, too, top line of the depth chart, talent on both sides of the football, they're right up there with everybody in the country. It's the replenishment. It's who's coming off yeah, of the sidelines. Yeah. But if you just did the starters, 
11 on defense, 11 on offense. There might be a couple of teams that have more there talent. Would be. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, are you looking at that from the high school ranks or are you adding in the transfer portal and achievement that they've had at the college football level? Because if you do that. And are you assessing it as to how they project to the league? Yeah. That's another way of doing that. I'm just saying, right here, right now, college, college football, football, I'd yeah. be hard pressed to find three teams that have more talent top to bottom on the top line of the depth chart. Yeah, Alabama does uh, for certain. Georgia does for certain. Not a quarterback, uh, though. Maybe That's not a the quarterback. Good point. Yeah, well, well, for us. Yeah. Certainly, we'll see what Georgia's quarterback is. He's we may a, have the best edge rusher of all of them, too. Might. Uh, I think he's certainly a, an elite player. Yeah. Um, but I would say that if you're talking about, are you just talking about high school ranks, blue chip recruits? No. no. I, I think that's part of it, but you have to take tra- – I mean, we got too many transfers. If you did that, we wouldn't be top 50 on the no, list. right, right. It is It is about the transfer. Like, Braden Fisk is, it, we think, projects as an elite player this year. Um, a healthy Fabian Lovett. Right. And Jared Verse. None of these guys count for high school blue chip. I mean, they weren't. Yeah, yeah. But you tell me they're not good? You know what I mean? That's That's the hard part about assessing that. You can't apply blue chip ratio to this game, or else the FPI, you know, would tell yeah. you that we have a thirty-five percent chance hard, of winning. The hard part is what are they in the secondary in this game? We'll see. I don't know. You know, LSU does have good receivers. They don't have a great passing quarterback, but they do have a guy that does buy time, uh, a yeah, lot of time. They don't chuck it down the field very often either. No, last year those windows were small, like you said. But in terms of depth of pass, fascinating. That's something to explore. Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. (laughs) Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Let's get caught up on all that is happening starting really tomorrow in Orlando as we make our way over there. Just to remind all of you the scheduling. Tom will be there tomorrow checking out Hooch. Hey, now, as he gets us set for the Jeff Cameron show from the actual bar. Uh, I will be here in town doing the show. He will be in Orlando at the uh, at the bar where we'll be doing other shows, uh, making sure it works out. I look forward to seeing. I see people in the chat saying they're going to swing, swing by, by tomorrow. Yeah. 
there's the show audio is not going to be on the house audio. I'm just I'm going to be sitting there quietly verifying that Everything some of works. the gizmos work. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, but I look forward to hanging out and talking during the breaks and such. But just in case, you know, make sure that you use the house Wi-Fi maybe to connect and watch the show. But yeah. it's not going to be pumped in through the house audio like it will be when we do the Saturday Seminole headlines and the Sunday post game show. Right. And speaking of which, the way that works is Seminole headlines on Saturday. We're doing a meet and greet at 4 o'clock. Should be fun. 5 o'clock, a live show. Uh, Me and the boys will be there at Hooch, Wall Street Plaza downtown. Should be fun. Come on by. Begin the party. Begin the party officially with that, and then know there's more to come, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, I know the Marching Chiefs are performing later that night, too, uh, on that Saturday right after after we get done with some little headlines about a a couple hours later. Oh, nice. Yeah, the Marching Chiefs are going to perform, yeah. At the Wall Street Plaza, so that'll be really cool. Uh, Sunday, uh, it's the official pregame show. Tom and myself will host that noon to two on a stage outside of the uh, the Hooch Bar there. So that should be fun if you're in the area, you're getting to town on that Sunday. Let's say we'll be there, and I know at two o'clock free stadium shuttle starts. So if you're hanging out and about, and you need to know like how are we getting over to the actual stadium? There is a free shuttle, two thirty. The general parking lot's open, so if you're parking there and you want to begin your tailgate, they open at 2.30 there. Uh, 3.30, Fan Fest happens, 4 o'clock, pregame hospitality, all those good things. Stadium gates open at 5.30. And then know this, when the game concludes and we get answers to a lot of the questions we've had all summer long building up to this game, Tom and Gene will be hosting the post-game show up until uh, 1 a.m., Live post game show from the Hooch Bar there in the Wall Street Plaza until one and zero a.m. That's when we're, uh, that's when we're going. I like what you're doing there. So there you go. Uh, basically, you know, and a lot of times we like to lay out there at Warchant.com all the places that you can go and watch the game. Well, this is a national game. You can go and watch it everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. If they have a TV, so like you wouldn't need to list. Hey, you know. Uh, Motorworks Brewing. Yeah, of course, they'll have it in Bradenton, St. Pete, Tampa, wherever. They're going to have it every single place that has TVs. <laughs> it's everywhere. Way to let the people know where you go when you're down in that part of the state. I do. I do go by there quite often. Although that, well, we're not going to get into that. Uh-oh. It's changing. That is changing is all I'm saying. Some things have... You had my interest. Uh, it's transpired oddly. Uh, some things happened the last time I was down there. Nothing bad to me, but I was just kind of like, what? what's going on here? Just saying. No more keg stands? No, some things just got a little shaky. Just just, oh, okay. just the way the things were operating were not up to snuff, Tom. Is it also a gun store now, too? No, it's not. It's not. It's just a bar. What are you trying to infer all these things for? It's just a bar. There's nothing else. I'm trying to pry. No, there's nothing. You have my there. curiosity. No, there was nothing there. It's just that it was poorly operated on the day that I was there. They just did a damn sorry job of serving, period. And I was pissed. I was like, okay, well, we're falling off a map around here, if you must know. Um, I would like to give you my money. <laughs> yeah, man. I'd like to give you my money, and you're making it really difficult for me to part with my money to you. And that is really not what you do, ever. You always ask the week of the game. My gut feeling, you know, that where where am I at? My confidence level, or you, you ask questions like that. I have, felt, I have felt pretty good about this game for some time. I thought it would be a very good game. I'm not wavering from that. 
Have you felt so good for so long that you're starting to get nervous about feeling so good for so long? Yeah, you begin to question why is it you're so confident or, you know, I'm, I'm not playing the game, but why do I feel so good about Florida State's chances? College football cold feet before the altar? It is weird when you – because I think the way you offset that is to dive in big time with coverage of the team you're playing as opposed to – we're at every practice. We, you know, we virtually every practice – we can see for Florida State, but not for the opposing team. So you start diving in. You know, I go to on threes LSU side. I go to the other LSU side. I'm looking for anybody that has insight into those practices, those players, and how that's gone. And there's some people in this business who do a very good job of covering that team. There are others who don't. You learn how to discern and you vet from there. And I've I've said that I've, you know, I, I've said that I think it's a misnomer. Like there was a there was a there was real momentum about three weeks ago that seemed to suggest LSU was having a horrifically bad camp, riddled with fights and problems and interruptions. I don't think that's accurate. I think they had a couple of days where things got ugly. Denver Harris caused problems, just as he did at Texas A and M. They had to get a handle on that situation. Uh, some things that spilled into the locker room. That's all true. But this idea that it somehow filtered in amongst each segment group and that they weren't able to get good work done is not true. I mean, they're largely healthy for the most part. I mean, there's some there's some guys out, as there is for most teams this time of year. Luckily, Florida State made it through this camp very healthy. But they've got good players. We know that. They're, they're not devoid of it. You don't win the West. You don't beat Alabama. You don't have the season they did if you don't have good players. And I've said on the show, no matter how unlikable – Ryan Kelly's a good coach and has been his whole career, no matter where he's been. And so I suspect they'll come in prepared. I suspect that they've kind of learned how to call a game for Jaden Daniels as opposed to what they were dealing with last year. A lot of unknowns last year. They struggled on special teams last year in that first game mightily. Uh, A lot of factors. Mason Smith going out right off the bat hurt them. They didn't know what Perkins was yet. They had other good players. We saw those players. Those guys made some plays. They're going to play good football. They'll play well. Can they overcome the question marks they have in the secondary to offset what I think is a strength every week Florida State plays football, and that is an offense that does not require you to change personnel based on what you want to do. If you want to run it, you can keep the same personnel out there that you have when you want to throw it. And that allows you to play tempo. And I think Florida State should play tempo. I think Florida State should play fast, and I think Florida State should keep LSU from being able to substitute defensively. Yeah, I would do that. I think that that's the difference here is Florida State wants more possessions. They want more plays. LSU, I think, would be wise to shrink the game as much as possible. If you're Florida State, the reason is you like your offense, of course, but specific to LSU, they're thin in the secondary. They're thinner on defensive line the interior specifically with Mason Smith out. So if they're not as deep in those two positions, the more plays you're out there, the more exhausted they get, the worse decisions they make, mental mistakes, all of that kind of stuff. I think that that stands to reason. I'm interested to see about the balance of what we do offensively. What's our first goal? What are we trying to establish first? Because you could argue that perhaps you confirm their worst fears about their secondary early by throwing the ball, and that sets up Trey Benson. You could say, no, I want to know what I have on on the ground. I want to know what Perkins is as a linebacker that's not around the line of scrimmage. I want to test my new offensive line. Because if we can run the ball, then we can do anything that we want, and I want to know that as quickly as possible. 
it's it's interesting to me to think about that. You could make a good case for either priority to be your first one for Mike Norvell. Modern football suggests that the more efficient way to play offense is to throw the football. Uh, Mike has always wanted, even going back to Memphis, to run the football. He's manufactured and engineered a running game when they didn't really have the personnel to do it. Two years ago, he was able to do that, and we had nothing that suggested we should be able to run with any degree of success. Most coaches, if you can run, want to do so because of what the implications are. I've said this before. I keep bringing this back up. It's emasculating to get run on. That's especially true if you're an SEC team. If you, you take great pride, most SEC teams do, because one of the things that separates them from the rest of the country year in and year out is the depth and size of talent on the defensive line that they have an advantage over most teams outside of that league, right? Their best teams in that league have a distinct advantage when they play in these other games outside of the league at the line of scrimmage. That's where they win the game. Because as I've said many times before, lots of people have skilled talent. Lots of people have speed at receiver, running back, defensive back. A lot of that exists all around the country. The depth and size of the talent in the interior of the offensive and defensive line, something where usually the SEC has an advantage in. If you take that away and run the football and are able to illustrate early on that you're a different animal, uh, yeah, man, I think that it is a psychologically damage, damaging impact, yes. The other thing is Florida State knows that even if you can't run straight at LSU, and maybe that's the case, maybe the offensive line's improved, but it's not quite that improved because this is one of the best fronts they're going to see. It's not like Mike Norvell bangs his head against the wall. He was able to run the football no. when we were awful and totally outgunned on the offensive line versus what the defensive line across from the football could do to us. So that's the other part. That's the game within the game on the ground. I'm sure we're going to probe to see if we can just run the ball straight up. Simpler, maybe between the tackles even, God forbid. Last year it was counter, it's gap schemes, and then outside zone as the season went along. But could you actually run between the tackles? I don't know. Will they test it? But the thing is, if we if we come back and we test between the tackles and, and fail early on, it's not like that, oh, no, we can't run the ball. Huh, they just do what we've done before, which is change the nature of the fight, change where the fight takes place, and have the advantage in that spot. Something to notice here, by the way, uh, with all teams that seek to run between the tackles, it is almost a bygone era, Tom. Early in games – if you're facing a legitimately tough defensive line, that is to say they have guys, they have dudes, they have got you're not a seriously outmatched opponent. You're not playing rice. You're playing somebody who's got guys. Nobody can. Nobody can anymore. Nobody lines up and runs the ball between the tackles. Yeah. In a traditional I formation, double tights, you know what I was about to say, get you some. Doesn't happen. Straight away. Does not happen. It, the, the, invariably, when you watch a game of this magnitude, again, I'm not talking about mismatches, where you can see, like, TCU-Georgia, in two minutes you went, oh, this is over. I texted you. I remember being so disappointed. Yeah. Two yeah. minutes into the game, I was like, this is over. They're screwed. It was violence, the way they handled TCU's offensive line, and conversely, the way their offensive line handled TCU's defensive line. They could do anything they wanted, and they knew it. But because they could run between the tackles, th that game was over. But most teams that are equally matched 
if they've got dudes in the trenches, you can no longer line up and run the football in the in the manner that you're describing. I agree, especially not early, not early. especially in short yardage right. moments. But I'm talking between the twenties because of the formations and how wide you can spread things out. It, it's still technically it's between trickery, the tackles. But it is trickery. It's not your standard downhill, eye formation, lead fullback, yeah. tailback. You know what but, I'm saying? I agree. But you could be in a situation where you have two or three wide, you know, and you got a tight end in the game and you, and you call a dive. You know, the first down, first down play that was a staple of Auburn in the national title game. It's an easy way to visualize that for everybody out there. But boom, first down, all right, we're getting on the ball, and then snap the ball, it's a dive. Can you do that much? Because we couldn't do, even do that last year. If it was on our own 37, if it was on their own, uh, their two-yard line trying to – we can't do that at any point on yeah. the field against a defensive line like this. Can you do it now? Because this offensive line, I think, is better as a run-blocking unit over last year's. I just don't know about the I think it is, block. too. I think it is, too. I just – I don't think against elite defenses you really can anymore, if they if they suspect it at all, have success. It's just hard to, to really win those matchups when you've got 315-pound dudes that – you're not able to move out of there. It, it, it's it, We'll see. You do it in games against lesser teams that you can kind of dictate terms, but I think you're right. You almost have to trick your way into running the ball up the middle anymore, and that's fine. It's all legal, and you can do it, and we love to throw a lot of different um, plays from the same formation at you. I love that. I mean, like we're able, again, because you're not going to have to change personnel, because you can keep a defense on the field, because you have guys that can run block and go out and catch the football at tight end, which we haven't had. We have not had that. Because you your receivers block in the run game big time, big time. Because your quarterback can utilize his legs. Because you have a huge amount of depth in the offensive backfield that you can, if you wanted to, again, you can run a series where you play up tempo and you don't have to take any of those backs out. The vast majority of them can catch the ball out of the backfield and also run downhill. Now, I know we have some specialty guys, but Trey's going to want to put on film this year that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. He has to. He has to. So I think you're going to see that for Florida State be an advantage. They're going to try to keep LSU's defense without the ability to sub on the field, and we're going to keep our same personnel and play fast. It's okay by me. When they did it in camp, they looked good. Very good at it. I think they will. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey guys, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick and easy to remember. So I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this too, it is... Um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins. Probiotics. Whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com.
Kramer Show on a Redemption Thursday. Good to have you on board. You know, I was thinking somebody mentioned penalties in the chat, and, you know, that always frustrates everybody when you get penalties, but it's going to happen. The other guys are trying to, and it's a fine line, especially in the run game. Um, so you're, you're going to have that. Just like when you're going against a mobile quarterback, you always hear people say, we can't we just do a terrible job against mobile quarterbacks. Well, everybody does. Everybody does a terrible job against mobile quarterbacks. Uh, so, you know, those, those guys are going to break away and make some plays. And this guy is too. Um, if he makes the first guy miss, especially if you're in man, it, it can be tough. Um, you're going to see some of that. But I do feel like this team, and I'll answer Robert's question in a second or read it. Uh, Tom, I do think that this team will be a pretty disciplined bunch. I don't know how to answer the question about what it's going to be like in the ACC with officiating, given the noise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not thinking about it for this game, per se. But in the ACC, could you see something where you don't get the benefit of the doubt maybe ever? Yeah. Yeah, I suspect that could be true. You have openly called out the conference and said that you hate it here, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that you're going to. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't want to besmirch the reputation of referees, but uh, yeah, looking at camp, I don't foresee a ton of of major issues with penalties. Like there have been years where you say, "Oh man, we're going to be guilty of you know five pass interference a week." It feels like, and and there was a game on the road mm-hmm. at NC State not too long ago yeah. where that might have been the case. There have been at times procedure penalties to a level where I go, "Come on now, guys!" It's mostly the reserves. Yeah, it's been mostly the reserves. Mostly the reserves. Yeah, they have. To, this has not been a penalty laden camp. No. I every time I watch Greedy Vance, I think he's going to get called for pass interference. So, uh, much of the time, I mean, he is as handsy yeah. as they as they get. But if they allow you to play big boy football in the first five yards, he's going to be fine, and he's going to be quite good. He will be. He will be. Uh, but that's a big if. Uh, Robert writes: Has the kicking game truly improved and become more reliable this fall camp? Asking in another way, it's early in the fourth quarter, tie game, fourth and five on LSU's 32. What are you doing? Go to us. Appreciate that question, Robert, and it's a good one. They're running Fitzgerald out there to make a 47-yarder. Well, that that would be um, probably about a 50-yarder. Um, what was it, 17 yards or 15 it's yards? It's about eight yards, seven or eight yards of, of breathing room they give you to hold. Yeah, so it's 10 for the end zone. It's usually, so what? So you'd be kicking from the 40, 42, 49 yard or 48 yard or somewhere in there, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't love him from 48, 49. I think it's two questions. The answer to the first question, yes, it has become more reliable. Second question, personally, if the offense is on the field fourth and five on the 32, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. It's a 50. I mean, you could say 49. It depends. Sometimes they spot it seven. Sometimes it's eight beyond the line of scrimmage. That is uh that is a perfect number. I think Robert is hit. If it's 43, you kick all day. If it's 49, 50, I don't know. I don't know. Four to five is a good number too, because it's not unreasonable, but it's also far enough that it's not assumed that you're going to be able to pick that up rather easily. Yeah. It's a, it's a good one. Um, that's tough. Raffles. Hugs to you and Kelly. And we will have a beer uh, on you guys in Orlando. Enjoy Detroit. Happen to know them well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and they're going to be watching from a wedding. I would be yelling, who's getting married this weekend? 
Sweet Jesus. Labor Day weekend. I hope it's old people on marriage number four who really just don't care. They're like, screw it. We're holding the reception at the bar. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's college football. I mean, golly, what are we doing out here? I finally found somebody who understands me. Goodness it's just gracious. We're going to watch the games. You can't. <laughs> Probably scheduled it, figured Sunday was safe. Oh, wait, Florida State plays Sunday? That's not good. No, it's not. Got to fly to Detroit for your wedding. I've had three other weddings. <laughs> if you just want to buy us a beer, maybe some mozzarella sticks, that's great. That's all it is. Um, although this wedding's in Detroit, I don't know why you've, you've got them as rednecky. <laughs> well, that's where her mother's family comes from. <laughs> Hour two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV.